0: Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. Praise hey, God. Um, you heard Pat say, uh, and I think you know my personality it's not often that we will open the pulpit and say come but there are people when you know that they are really God sent and work has been God sent to us and and, uh, I shared this about a month ago we were driving back from North Carolina and the Spirit of the Lord says you should have her come so that the people might know I work right along side of her she's worked right alongside of me in the rain, and the cold, and the snow. And even yesterday, really rainy and drizzly, she's here uh, bagging potatoes so that somebody might have a meal. You know, it breaks my heart. It breaks Miss Pat's heart. I know that we know that there are children who go to bed hungry. And when we can do something and we can find people who have a heart. The Bible says, how shall you know that people are God's disciple?" Um. He says they have love for people, and so we certainly are appreciative of you coming this morning, and um, I'm going to introduce uh, uh, Whitney again, and Whitney's been uh, in my ear for the last month about our children, and we, you know, we have a summer program here with the children, and she's been coming. She's actually been leaving work and coming and uh, helping our children because uh, the Bible says a little child shall be one that leads people. And I believe our children are positioned in the last days that we're living in to help us to see why we need God. You remember there was a time in the Bible where they wanted to push the kids back. I think they thought they were making too much noise or perhaps they didn't have enough information to share with us as adults. But Jesus himself says, suffer these little children to come. In other words, don't push them to the back. And I'm going to introduce Whitney, and you guys receive her as she tells you or shares with you some of the things that we want to do, and we need your help and participation.
1: Hi, church. Can I get all my kids to stand up really quick? All my kids, summer camp kids, RFCC kids, all the kids. Hey, guys.
0: Yeah, you standing with me.
1: All these kids that you see, if you look around, <laughs> most of these kids are going to be joining us on 5th Sunday for our kid takeover. They're going to be doing songs of worship, praise and worship, and they're also going to be doing a dance. Um, so I want to extend that to all of our RFCC kids. We all we sent out an email with um, the songs that we're going to be doing and also the song for the dance. And our practices for the uh Kids in our summer camp program are Tuesdays and Thursdays, but our RFCC kids practice will be 530 on Thursdays. So if you would like your um, child or, you know, child to be a part of either the singing part or the dancing part or both, um, I would encourage you to text me, call me, email me. An email did go out, I believe, to all the families um, of the church. So if you would like to be a part of it, just show up or come on Thursday. At 5:30, I would love to Sarah and I would love to teach our kids some songs and a dance that we can do on Fifth Sunday. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited. All the kids that you see around are going to be a part of it, um, and they are really excited as well. So, bring your children to me. I promise they will have a great time. Amen. Amen. And then we'll worship and we'll watch and and just love on them and praise with them on that Fifth Sunday. Amen. All right.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Whitney. All right. Can I encourage you just to go with me before the presence of the Lord in prayer? And then we're going to just open up in the Word. Father, we do thank you. The Bible says that the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet. It's the light unto our path. It even declares that the Word of God is medicine to all of our flesh. Now, Father, the interest of your Word is what gives us light. So thank you for helping us to be translated out of darkness over into the marvelous light and enlighten each one of us this morning in our inner man that we might be as the sons of Ishakar were. They understood the times and they knew what they ought to do. Father, may in this dispensation that we're living in that we understand the times and we know what we ought to be doing and that we're not just hearers of your word, we're also doers of your word. We're not just saying that we're faith people, because your word says faith without works, then that's dead. That's just idle talk. So Father, may we be more than people who can just say it, Maybe be be the people who truly live it, and live it according to your will, and not our will. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth, just like it is in heaven. And God thank you for helping us to uh, not be confused by what will be taught or preached, but helping us, Father God, to get wisdom. And your word says when we get wisdom, we're supposed to get understanding. And what is understanding? It's simple in my definition. We learn how to stand under the Word of God. The Word, your Word, is what we are looking to because we know, God, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This uh, Wednesday, past Wednesday, we opened back up for Wednesday service. We had been living in the virtual Zoom environment. We've been using things like Uber Conference and a number of other ways to continue to share the word and to preach and to teach and to bring what the Bible calls good news. Amen. Somebody say good good news. The word of God is always good news. It is always good news. You know, um, Wednesday probably was one of my most challenging days because I'm getting ready for uh, to start teaching on a book that I find that people are somewhat hesitant to read. Some even have admitted that they are afraid to read it. And it's the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation, if you try to delve into it, it's got so many symbols in it that a lot of people do get uh, quite shaken by some of the symbolic uh, things that are shared in the Scripture. And so the Lord really gave me an unction that we should teach on this book because I believe that we are living in the last days. I believe that in time, or eschatology as we sometimes refer to it, is something that all God's people need to be aware of. There are promises in it, and we started in that first uh, chapter, and we really jettisoned down to two verses in 45 minutes. It's just that much information packed into the book of Revelation. But prior to that, uh, I got—I was in, I think I was in a conference with uh, a family counseling, and uh, I think it was Denise who came to my office and said, Pastor, um, you're needed, there's an emergency, and the emergency was that this big truck that we used to go get all of the food and donations had, had some mechanical failure. It was on Connecticut Avenue in the midst of rush hour. And they were saying, help. And, you know, that help is get a tow truck so we can get that thing out of the way and pick us up. And how many of you know, if you've ever driven the Beltway at 4.30 in the afternoon, it can be a little congested. Now, I just want to talk about the goodness of the Lord. I don't want this to be focused on me. I want you to know God is a good God. And without speeding, I was there in just, you might say, record time. Traffic was as light as I'd ever seen it in my life. And I knew it was the goodness of the Lord. You know, they were singing a moment about the goodness of the Lord running after you. And, and, and God was saying to me I, as I was going, because certainly when they said that, it's like, you know what time it is. And God said, don't worry, you'll be back. I'll have you back in time. And so I was able to go and, as we would say, uh, retrieve the, the, the individuals that were helping that day, Alfred and, uh, and Brother Keith. And they were able to tow the truck back here, even to find out it really wasn't uh, that big of a deal either though. Aren't you glad that you, it wasn't a major mechanical problem? It was just something that was minor, It could be fixed very easily, and so that we could continue to do the mission that God wanted us to do. And I got back here um, two minutes before the prayer line opened up, and that was good. <laughs> Uh, I look at faith because uh, faith is, uh, is a go to a lot of times, and as are many others in the church. But she was at uh, the summer camp, and I said to Faith, I said, If I'm not back, Faith, you'll need to start. How I many of you know you have to have skillful, diligent, faithful, and committed people who are available? Who are available. And I knew that she would be available, but God was saying, No, I'm a good God. I'm going to make sure that you take care of that, and then you're going to be able to take care of all that I've called you to do. And so give the Lord a hand clap because I I was just so thankful that I could do that without stress. You know, initially when you hear it, your body wants to go into a stressful mindset. And uh, how many of you know that God always wants you to be at peace? And he wants you to have a peace that passes all understanding. We remember the parable in the Bible or the story that's shared in the Bible about being on a, a boat, and I, I believe the last time we were in Israel, we went and we saw what looked like, it, it, was, it was so old and it's being preserved, but uh, that wasn't a very large boat, <laughs> and to be out in the ocean or to be out in uh, turbulent water, uh, you could go to panic real quick. Anybody ever been on a flight and you dropped? Does not your heart feel like it's (laughs) lumping and you can hear it? But yet, even in times like that, Jesus is still saying to his people, peace, have a peace. And he says, I'll give you that peace, and, and that peace will pass all understanding. It'll help gird and guard your heart. Is there anything good that comes out of stress? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, if you would just simply Google some of the uh, side effects, as it were, of stress, none of it is good. And the same thing I feel about what the Word has given me an assignment to teach on the end times. A lot of people get too stressed about it. Yet God is trying to say to you, you're going to be blessed as a result of knowing. How many of you know the Bible says God will show you a thing from the end before the beginning. Do you realize that even with the construction of this building, somebody saw it from the end before it began? And then architecturally, they began to put it into motion and say, "This is we'll, we'll build this, and we'll build this, and we'll build this. And all of a sudden, it came to fruition. Out in the hall, there is a picture of what this uh, particular uh, edifice looked like before we moved in. And I can remember walking through with the board of directors for Rainbow, and they said, Pastor, you sure? Are you really sure that we should take on this project? I said, I'm sure. I'm 100% sure. Everything that God shows you, it's not to put you into panic. It's not to put you into fear. It's not to put you into doubt. It's not to put you into confusion. It's to put you in a place called peace. Peace. And then you walk it out with God. You realize that the battle is his. It's not yours that even the scripture says upon this rock which we believe is revelation knowledge God says I will build my church oftentimes I think people are looking for gimmicks and ways and and promotional things that says well we're going to build a church well you might have many but you don't necessarily have much building of a church is not about the building of many all you have to do is go through the scriptures and you can see that. Gideon, you, anybody remember Gideon in the book of Judges? And Gideon, you remember he was really perplexed about, you know, God, are you really God? And I, I sense that even in 2022, there are people who are saying, are you really God? And Gideon, I love his honesty. I, I, I love that uh, candidness about him because he said, my ancestors have talked quite often about this great God, but Gideon says, I really haven't seen a thing. And I know it's, it's important for us to get in us that we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight, but oftentimes we're looking and saying, but do I see any evidence of God working in my life? And God is, though. Amen. Anybody wake up this morning? <laughs> That's God working in your life. Are you breathing? Check the neighbor beside you. Are you breathing? That's God working in your life. And having grown up, I, and all of you know, I, I grew up in South Carolina, and my father was a farmer, and he wanted me to be a farmer. And, and I'm not quite sure he was hearing God on that. <laughs> I went off to college and majored in accounting. Farming was far from... My mind, but I know this. I know some farming principles, and one of the things I do know is, as soon as you put the seed in the ground, it starts to grow. Once you put the seed in the ground, you cease to call it seed anymore. I've shared it with you. When my father was living, I would walk with him through some of his uh, fields and some of the things that he had planted. And he's walking, and he would say to me, These are beans. And I'd look with my natural eyes and say, That's dirt. But not for my father, because he has already planted a seed there. He'd walk a little bit further, and he says, This is my okra. My father loved okra. Not one of my favorite vegetables, but he loved it. And he would say, This is okra. And I'd look again and say, That's just dirt. And see, sometimes if we are just depending on what we see, we don't see in the dimension that God wants us to see. And in the dimension that God wants you to see, he wants you to know that it will be well. And so, go back to Gideon for just a moment. You remember Gideon? He says, I don't see anything. And God says, Gideon, I'm going to make you a great man. You're going to accomplish great things. And, And... initially Gideon is at a place where he's basically saying I'm not in agreement with you God because of all of this in my past folks do you realize that God is trying to get you past your past and put you in a place where in him you live in him you move and in him you have your being it is no longer you know how the scripture says it's no longer who I that lives but who Christ in me which is the hope of glory You've got to see yourself in Christ, not see yourself as who you used to be. That's why Jesus said, I'm giving you a new and a better covenant. You are new what? New creatures. I know we don't like the word creature. Every time I think of creature, I think of bugs and, you know, insects. But the Bible says you are a new individual, you are a new person. He says, All things have what? Passed away, and behold, all things have become what? Brand new. brand new it's a matter of trust if you want to understand where am I coming from it's a matter of trust because where Gideon does Gideon says I don't know if I can trust what you're saying to me about how I'm going to how things are going to turn out how the end times are going to be so he says show me a sign how many of you know you don't really need God to show you a sign but God will if that's what you think that you need in order to move forward with him. But he said pretty much what he told Thomas. You remember Thomas said, I I, I cannot follow you right now. I cannot follow what you all are saying about this resurrected God. He said, I I have to see him. He says, I have to be able to touch the the nails that went in his hand. I have to be able to thrust my hand into the side that I know they pierced him in. And remember what Jesus said in correcting Thomas's thought pattern? He says, Thomas, it would have better, been better for you to have not seen and believed than to just say, well, I have to see it. I, I think in America we have this expression that says, uh, um, I'm from the show me state. And, and we, we, we tend to be what, Missouri? You've got to show me. Uh, uh, you don't have to see everything. As a matter of fact, it is actually better. I've learned in walking by faith it is better for God not to show me all things. Just show me enough to make a faith step and to be able to trust him that the next step that I need to take, he'll be guiding my footsteps. He'll be setting my conversation right. Because I think if I saw all of it, I'd be frightened. And I would step back and I would say, I can't do it. Anybody remember me telling you that I did not know, and I, I was twenty one years old at that time, I'm not telling you how old I am now, but <laughs> at 21, I jumped a six-foot fence, I jumped a six-foot fence, running, I just you know, grabbed it, and I was over the fence, but here's the key, the reason I jumped a, 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 21, uh, a six-foot fence at 21 years old, a bulldog was chasing me. Sometimes you just need motivation. Sometimes you just need motivation. And God puts people across our path. I believe in the book of Revelation, he put John there on the Isle of Patmos specifically to help us see that it's going to turn out okay. I don't know about you. My Bible assures me it's going to turn out okay. I've read the end of the book, and I like the way the end of the book takes my future. And that's why it's important for us in these weeks to come, every Wednesday night, get online with me. Come here to the church. I'll be here uh, teaching this this subject matter. Every week, you'll have an outline of what's going to be taught. Um, uh, Brother Kyle has agreed that he's going to post that. I'll get it to him every Monday, and then every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., you'll be able to pull down the outline. Because I'm going to go pretty fast at some times, and I don't want anybody to be lost in this. I want to go back to Gideon. Here's Gideon saying, God, you've got to show me something. What did he ask God to show him? He says, here's a fleece. Here, here, here's this, this blanket of sort, made of wool. And he says, when I get up in the morning, if it's, it, it should be full of dew. And I should be able to just wring it with my hands and water comes out. And anybody that's ever traveled in any portions of Israel, it's pretty dry. Matter of fact, oftentimes when people are traveling, I said, you know, you want to have comfortable shoes because it's dusty, it's dry. And so he's asking for something that appears to be impossible to be done. But surely, you know, you can see this angel saying... That's not even hard for God. So if that's all you need in order to trust God and to step out in faith with God, then okay. And of course, Gideon sees that sign. How many of you realize that sometimes when you see something, you just still want to see something else? I'm still not convinced. And he said, here's what I want. He says, this time I want the opposite of that. Well, of course, that happens. Then what goes on, what takes place after that with Gideon is the fact that multitudes of people, I'm not quite sure uh, how charismatic he was because he seems to have been afraid because if you go to the very beginning of that particular story, Gideon is in the wine press threshing wheat. Now, anybody knows, if you know what a wine press is, what you would likely have in a wine press is what? Grapes. So that you could make juice. You wouldn't be in there threshing wheat. In other words, bundles of wheat trying to get the grain out of them. And why was he doing that? Folks, it was fear. The Bible clearly shows that they had an enemy. They were the Philistines. And the Philistines each time they would grow a crop, they would come and steal the crop from them or take the crop from them. And so in order to feed his family, he is secretly doing something and afraid. And most oftentimes when I find people not stepping out in the things that God has told us to step out in, it's because we are fear. I want to take you to the New Testament. The, the, the New Testament tells you this. God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. Fear. But what? Power, love, love, and a sound mind. That's what you have. Say, I have power. I have power. Say it again. I have, power. I have power. That's what God said he would endue us with. Remember when he sent the disciples up to the upper room? He says, I want to endue you with what? Power. Now, why did he give them power? Why would he give you power? Why would he give us power? He says that power is so that you can be a witness. Why do you need to be a witness? Why do you need to be a witness? This earth is passing away, folks. Jesus himself spoke to us oftentimes. I wrote down 12 scriptures that speak to end times. I don't know if I can conclude everything that I want to share today about end times, but you'll find me preaching on end times. You'll find me teaching on end times because I believe that it's important that we know this. The first verse, and you can just write them down. I don't know if they'll be able to put them up as fast on the screen, but they probably will. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2, But in these last days he has spoken to To us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through and through whom also He made the universe. Now again it speaks about last days. First Peter chapter one and verse twenty is another scripture that I wrote down it says He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. It goes back to helping us to understand why when we hear in the book of Genesis, let us, everybody say let us. Now us implies that there's just, there's somebody else there, huh? We often talk about and we we know that God created this earth, but he's letting us know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were right there. And so in 1 Peter 1.20, it says, But he was chosen before the creation of the world. Before you and I were ever here, God had already known that. How I many you, of you, you know that sometimes you know when a person is going to fail? You just know when they're going to fail. I believe that God knew men would fail. But God has a plan. God knows when you are going to have difficulty, but he's got a plan. Jeremiah, you remember Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And that God has what? A plan for you. And it is for what? your good and not for evil. Can somebody say God is good? God is good. He really is. Everything that God has planned for you is good. Now, I said, well, pastor, what about, like the 23rd song, yea, though I walk through the valleys and the shadows of death. God didn't plan death for you. He didn't really plan that shadow, but he says, but I've got a plan to bring you through it. You do have an enemy. The Bible says this enemy is determined to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but you have a friend in God and a friend in his son, Jesus. And he says, I've come that you might have what? Life. And that you might have it what? More abundantly. Everything that God's going to do for us is good. But he doesn't want you to be unaware that you have an enemy. And then he tells us about our enemy. He says, don't give any place to him. But don't think that if I gather so many people, if I gather this and I gather that, then that's where my safety is going to be. Your safety is in God. I go back to Gideon, friends. I'm trying to finish that. Gideon's, with his charisma, is able to gather thousands upon thousands of people to go help him win a battle. And you know the first thing that God told Gideon? He says, all these people that are with you are not really with you. Have you ever had friends that said they were friends and they really turned out not to be a friend? When I was in college, I won't call his name, because he's probably watching, but he knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) He would talk so much noise. Do you you, you realize, I I went to to school out of state, and so oftentimes when you're out of state and you go into the local uh, area, sometimes you don't always have the best relationship with the locals, and this guy would go and he would just talk you know anybody know what trash talk is he was the smallest of all of us but he had the biggest mouth he, he he was born and raised in philadelphia and he just brought what he thought was philly swag and in certain incidents you know you realize we need to get out of here do you know who would be the first one out of there <laughs> the one who talks much trash. And we talk, were saying, we looked around and said, where is he? Instigated. Got people frustrated. But he's the first to hesitate to engage anything. And oftentimes that, that's what we think. We think that we got numbers of people with us, and those people aren't necessarily with you. What you know is this, though. God is always with you. The Bible says he never leaves you, and he never forsakes you. Lo, he will be with you where? Until the end of the ages. When I was a child, I heard my mother lead a song, and the song was, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You know, as children, sometimes you're listening to songs, and this is why I I support what Whitney is doing in making sure our children get to start singing songs early and begin to help them to understand what the songs truly mean. But we do have a friend in Jesus. We have someone that we can cast all of our cares on. But God loved Gideon, and, and he said to Gideon, all of these people aren't with you, Gideon. Anybody that's afraid, tell them they can go home. You should read the story of Gideon. You will be surprised at how many people went home. There were more people who went home than people who stayed with him. Now, I served over 20 years in the military. You want people, if you're going to have to go to the battlefield, that are going to battle with you. Not just talk a good talk, but who truly have your back. And so he's got a much smaller number of people that are now going to the battle with him. And he's still trusting God. He's going to the battlefield. But then God says to him, now the remaining people that you have, not all of them are with you. How many of you know that God will separate the wheat from the tares? God will separate what's good and what's evil. God will separate what's weak and what's strong. God will separate and show you what's faith and what's not. And so he tells him... You have individuals that are not going to be alert. How many of you know that in the end times you're going to have to watch and be alert? If you look at Revelation 1:1, and you don't have to turn there, just keep it in the laurels of your mind. In Revelation 1:1, it tells us—I believe it's actually in verse two. It says, "said to anybody that reads the book of Revelation, he says you should read it. You should read it. There's a blessing in reading it." He says you should hear what it's saying. And then the third thing he says, you should take heed to what it's telling you to do. And so he says to Gideon, Gideon, everybody that's with you, this, this second wave of things that I'm about to separate from you, um, it's people who aren't really alert, people who aren't going to take heed, people who will probably get you killed in battle. So he says, take them down to the stream. And I laughed when we went to Israel. And uh, our tour guide says, this is the stream in which uh, people were drinking uh, when they were traveling with Gideon. Do you want a drink? I said, no. Miss Pat says, yes. (laughs) And she drank from the stream. But here's what happened. He says, you're only going to choose the people who lap like a dog. If you can't visualize that, maybe I can help paint a picture. Here's the thing that happens with a dog the dog comes there to lap water, and any animal that you watch going to the water, one of the things that they are consciously aware of is that there's an enemy around. Watch the gazelle when they go to drink water. They are constantly aware there could be a lion. I mean, you know, the Bible says the devil is like a lion seeking whom he can devour. So the difference between the people who went to the water is some just plunged into the water. You can quickly be taken out because you're not even aware of your surroundings. The one who lapped like a dog was always just getting enough but still aware, I have an enemy that could attack at any time. And those are the people that can actually defend themselves and help keep you safe. In these times, spiritually speaking, God is saying, we need people who are keen. How many of you know the Bible says you are to always what? Now, this deserves repeating, and I've said it before. However, when it comes to the body of Christ, our church included. That's the most underattended time in the church. When you say let's pray, people say, No, I gotta go play. Must pray? Nope. I got other things I gotta do, Pastor. And the Bible still says to us we ought to pray without what? Ceasing. Those gentlemen knew that they were in war. How many of you know this is a warfare? Spiritually speaking. And the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to pull down what? Strongholds. You are not wrestling against, he said, what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness that are in high places. Some of you think that your wrestle is against a Democrat or a Republican. It's not. Some of you think it's your wrestle is my husband is just messing up. I'm going to jack him up, Pastor. No, it's not. Some of you think that your wrestle is against your children. Oh, they just lost their mind. No, that's not. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. The enemy is trying to get you off of faith. He's trying to get you at a place where you don't trust God. That's the bottom line. Look at your neighbor and say, Trust God. This is, look at that scripture. You know I point you to that scripture often, probably two or three times a month. What does that scripture say on that? that, what's written there? It says, if my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves. And then who do what? Pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will do what? Anybody believe that? If you truly believe that, stand to your feet. I'm trying to get a few people that will truly stand. The Bible says, having done all to stand, these last days that we're living in, you're going to have to take a stance. Remember what Joshua was told by God. He said, Joshua, you're going to have to be bold, and you're going to have to be courageous. Literally, he says, very courageous. In this year of 2022, you're going to have to be bold, and you're going to have to be Courageous. What are you going to have to have this boldness for so that you can fulfill the great commission of God? It's the end times are coming. Look, I, I've, won, I've gone through a, a, a several funerals in the last few days. Some of who, those who you knew, all of us knew Sister Valerie. None of us were saying, well, you know, this year is the year that Sister Valerie will go. How many of you know you, know, you don't know the day, you don't know the hour? Tell your neighbor, get ready. Why am I telling you to get ready? Because you need to get ready for what God has already for you. And there's no time to be playing games. It is no time to, to, to kind of say, well, I'll get it together later. No, it's now. And it starts here. It starts with prayer. If my people, how many of you would declare you are God's people? Then if you're God's people, You don't just read this you hear it and you take heed to what that scripture is saying go ahead and be seated for just a second I wanted you to get over into Mark 13 ultimately Gideon gets the people that are going to help win the battle some references of that speaks about a remnant of people and I believe in our day that we're living in, you're just going to see a remnant of people that will come to the Lord and that truly will do what God is calling. There are a lot of people who are going to do a lot of things and they'll say, it's in the name of Jesus that I'm doing. And, and yet God's going to say, but that really wasn't truly what I asked you to do. That's really all you wanted to do. That was all that you determined that you would do see, it's better to do the will of God. Do you know that Jesus looked at what God was telling him, the Father was telling him to do, and he says, "Woo, this is a bitter cup. This is a bitter cup. But you know the next word that came out of Jesus' mouth was what? Nevertheless. Somebody shout that, nevertheless. That's a transition. That says, I'm not focusing on doing my will. I'm not focused on doing what I want. I am determined to do and to know the voice of God and do what God wants. The Bible says in the last days, people are going to be more concerned about what people think and they're going to be people pleasers. But you've got to determine, you want to know what God thinks and you're going to be a what? God pleaser. Let me give you a few more of those scriptures. I told you I wrote down 12. I think I gave you three. Number four would be this from Mark 1332, the book that I literally want to get into this morning. But about the day or the hour, no one knows. Folks, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I know it's soon. I don't know the day. I don't know the hour, but I know it's soon. Jesus is coming. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father knows. That's according to Mark 13, 32. Jesus is coming back. How many of you believe Jesus is coming back again? He has come. We call that the the first coming. But he's coming, the Bible says, again. That's what we call the second coming of Christ. And one of the things that I feel that I have a mandate from God is to get you ready for his imminent return. Because if you are not ready when Jesus returns, guess what? You get left behind. Anybody ever miss the bus? You ever miss your, 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 your plane? Ever miss the train? Ever miss your ride? That's what we're talking about, but it's more catastrophic if you miss it. If you miss it. Because there is something that the Bible calls a rapture, or, or we use the word rapture, but it, the Bible says you're gonna be, they're going to be caught up, which literally is the same meaning. They're going to be raptured. People are going to be taken out of this earth. And folks, one of the things that the Lord has been pressing on my heart, I'm already taking some now. Because what, what i have I, stood here to preach funerals, and I said, what? If you had to let me get an input, I wouldn't have taken this one. I would have had a hundred more like this one. Or well, you could have taken, and I won't point at anybody because you get upset with me, but you, you could have took, taken that one. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my hand in my pocket, so I do not point at anybody. You all know, get all upset, you know, all, all, all twisted. You could have taken that one. Well, why did you take that one? Because God says, I'm already taking some of them already out. But there is a day when I'm going to come and I'm going to take the masses out. What I mean by the masses, the masses of Christians. And folks, there's not going to be as many as you think. The Bible says the very elect are barely going to make it. The very elect are anybody barely made it to a store before it closed? It's like and even the person might have said to you, We were just about to close. Well, the door is closing. Time is winding up. As a pastor, I I don't have time to really put up with people who want to be scoffers, who want to be critical, who want to be judgmental, who want to try to tell me how I should act or react, what I should preach or not preach, what I should teach or not teach. And eventually, you know what? Most of those kinds of people will leave you. Because they've already left God, so there's no need to try to hold them on to you. Because they see their ways bigger than God's way. Lucifer was like that. You know that, don't you? Lucifer said, I think I'll make my throne above his throne. There are people who come to church and they, they go, you know, I think I know more than pastor knows. And you might know that academically. But I do know what God is speaking to me. I do know what God is saying, you need to put a halt to, you need to put a stop to. You need to start, you need to continue in. And and, and that's who I'm purposing to please. Do you realize that Jesus said, I went to my own. These are people Jesus said, I've helped, I've helped, I've helped, I've helped. And he says, but I couldn't do anything with them. I I could only perform a few miracles. I could only heal a few people because they had so much what? Unbelief in them. Folks, this is about believing in God. This is about believing in the Son of God. This is about believing in Jesus, the resurrected one, the one who died, the one who was raised from the dead, the one who is coming back again. And the Bible says he doesn't even know when he's coming back. That's all in the Father's hand. But you must be aware that he's coming back. And I believe it's soon. In the book of Joel, which is an Old Testament uh, verse, uh, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says this, And afterward, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, that's me. And your young men will see visions. So if you're seeing vision, you're a young man. If you're dreaming dreams, you know you didn't reach the old stage. I dream dreams. I dream dreams. I see my path. I see my footsteps that God is ordering my footsteps in. I realize that everybody is not going to take the journey with me. I believe like Jesus, he understood that everybody wasn't going to go. Everyone wasn't going to read. Everyone wasn't going to hear. Not everyone was going to take heed. Some of you are slipping in the darkness and you know you're slipping in the darkness and you're slipping away from God. You're convinced that satisfying your flesh is better than obeying God. The Bible says the arm of the flesh will fail you. In the end times, people who continue to dabble in their flesh You know what the enemy makes you do is become—you become a liar, because everything that you do, God's going to reveal it. And all of a sudden, when He starts to reveal it, the devil's going to say, "Well, lie about it." Anybody remember a man named R. Kelly? You know what happened the first time that R. Kelly was exposed? He said, "Wasn't me." We're looking right at him. Said, yeah, that's R. Kelly. What did R. Kelly say? Wasn't me. And a lot of people are going to say, God, wasn't me. And God's going to say, yeah, it was you, you, you refuse to repent. There are people here today, everything the Spirit of God wants you to do is just simply repent. You remember John the Baptist? All John the Baptist would do is say, What? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was telling them Jesus was coming. And one day, you know, John looked up as he was continuing to do the work that God called him. And people scoffed at John. You remember that? They thought John had lost his mind because there he was out in the wilderness, crying in the wilderness, eating what? Locusts, dressed in camel. Look, when when we say locusts, folks, we're not speaking bugs. That part of the scripture, some of your newer translations help you to realize that he was not eating bugs when he's talking about locusts and wild honey. There's a tree. It literally is called a locust tree. That tree, uh, what you pluck from it almost tastes like chocolate. So I I want you to get that old kind of mindset out of you. Every time you see that about locusts, don't be thinking, oh, my Lord have mercy. The man was eating bugs. He wasn't eating no bugs. Did you get that out? That's just, that's just not true. Now, the key thing about this is that John is doing what God has called him to do. Telling people to repent. If you want to know what is pastor doing in this book of Revelation, what is he doing this morning, I am really saying the same thing John is saying to people. Repent. But the kingdom of God is at hand. Kyle preached on the kingdom and he says, you know, if you're really going to inherit the kingdom, you have to surrender all. It's got to be more than just a song that you sing. I surrender all. I surrender all. It's got to be a life that you live. Surrender to God. Anybody ever miss God? I I raise my hand high because I've missed him. And when I say miss him, I don't mean that I've got lonely. I mean. I did something that God God told me not to do. But how many of you know God is faithful and just to what? Forgive. God is a God of reconciliation. God is a God who repairs what's been breached. God is a God who helps you when you've got into the broad path to get back over into straight and the narrow path. God is a God who doesn't stop loving you, though you have been messing up. But God does say, I don't want you to keep messing up. How many of you know there was a woman caught in adultery in the Bible? The Bible says that that they caught her in the very act. That always troubles me. Because I grew up in a season and a time in my life where if a young girl got pregnant, she had to come and apologize to the church. They never brought the young man. They never brought the young man. But the young girl, they just put so much shame on her. Sometimes I would sit there and I knew some of these. And I'm just talking about my past, how I grew up, and how people were so twisted religiously. No love, no compassion, no restoration, just condemnation. And how many of you know there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are where? In Christ. You need to be in Christ though. Everyone needs to be in Christ. And when Jesus comes back, you need to be in Christ. And when he comes back, you will be in glory with him. You will be in heaven with him. But when he comes back and you're not in Christ, you're left. You're left behind. You're left to go through a period of time called tribulation. Tribulation. Seven years of it. Three and a half years of it. It's going to look like everything is okay. That just lulls you in. That just gets you to the point where you have given up all trust and all confidence in God. And you're like, uh, ah, this this person, which is the Antichrist, has got you thinking, ah, they got it. See, do you realize that more people are listening to people what people say in the world than they listen to what God is saying? You know, I was listening to a comedian, and I laughed because it was true. He said, a lot of you are talking about Dr. Fauci is my doctor. He ain't never been your doctor. Yeah. Now, why are you out there talking about that? The Bible, <laughs> the Bible says God's word is the medicine to all of your flesh. So who is your doctor? Who is Jehovah Rapha? Who is the one who heals? God is. God is the joy and the strength of your life. God is. And that's what he wants his people to know. I am. Remember Moses said, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me? He said, tell him I am. How many of you like that? That that expression, every time I see it, I put a blank line behind it. I am. I am whatever you need me to be. I am whatever you need to pull upon to stay in me. I will be your friend. I will be your comfort. I will be even your voice piece. All you have to do is open your mouth and speak. And God says, I'll fill your mouth with the words that need to come out of it. In the end times, it's going to take people like what happened with Gideon, people in the end time who truly trust God. They aren't afraid. They aren't people who are going to start getting careless and just, as we would say, plunge into everything. The Bible says these are going to be people who try the Spirit by the Spirit. I've always said to people, a lot of times you guys jump into books and you jump into stuff and you just think these people are all of that in a bag of chips. And if you knew something about their life, you pull back for a moment. I mean, there are people who are going to say, Lord, Lord. But their life don't line up with it. Their living doesn't line up with it. And God says, he will give you a discerning spirit. How many of you know God will help you to discern what's good and what's evil? How many of you know the difference between gold and fake? How many of you know the difference between real wood and fake wood? One of the things that I used to tell people all the time, my dad would tell you, if you got real wood, son, it ain't shiny. You ever seen a tree shining out there in in the forest? He said, if you got stuff that's all shiny, you don't have real wood. You got the fake thing. I share with you how my mother took a little necklace. A little girl gave me that necklace. I thought I was all that then. But she gave me a necklace. My mom said, you better take that off your neck. Your neck will be green by tomorrow. (laughs) Because it wasn't real gold. It was the fake stuff. And God is helping us to discern what is truly not of God and what is of God. If you hear his voice, this is where the book of Revelation is going to constantly be saying, he who has an ear, let him or her hear what? What the Spirit is saying. He's trying to get you to stop leaning to your own understanding. He's trying to get you to listen to all other voices. He said, let every other word be a lie and let God's word be true. Why? Because when you know the truth, the truth is what sets you free. I'll pick this up next week. I want you to read ahead, though. Here's what your assignment is to leave, as you leave here. I just want you to know God is good. And what God is going to do in your life, it's going to turn out good for you. But you need to follow him. You need to follow him. Mark 13 is where you're going to find me pick up next week. I'll pick up in Mark 13. What I'm going to do is, I'll probably drop back to Mark 11 to try to help you see a chronology of what happens with Jesus. What is supposed to happen on our first day, on our second day, on our third day. So we're going to start there, but Mark 13 will be where you will find me, help you to, as it were, extrapolate what God is trying to say to us about the end times. And then, of course every Wednesday you'll hear me in the book of Revelation trying to help you to see the prophetic, to help you to discern what the signs or symbols in that Bible mean, and so that you and I might understand the time and know what we ought to be doing. And he says, my people perish though, for a lack of what? See, you can know it's just a matter of, do you want to know? You can know. It's a matter of, do you want to know? See, there's got to be something that's first in your life. And guess what? It's not you. It's not even your family. It's God. You know the scripture, Matthew 6, It says, seek ye what? first, kingdom of God, God. his righteousness. I don't know what caused people's mind to be so blinded by COVID. There are people who are sitting out there now who said, you know, I don't think I will ever do church again. I can just turn it on whenever I want to turn it on. Matter of fact, I sleep at 930, Pastor. I ain't getting up. Y'all can be live all you want, but just post it out there on the website. And if I want to, I will you see the Bible says some people don't understand the need for spiritual fathering right now he says you can have thousands of teachers trust me all you have to do is just pull up the internet and say Christian or faith or just put any as we would call buzzword in and you can find teachers the Bible says but not many fathers fathers Not many people that are literally going to be there to help you pick up the pieces. Not many people that are going to be there to truly partner with you. And some people who are preaching it and are not living it at all. Some, the Bible says, all they are in there for is the filthy lucre, which means, give me your money. not about that folks it's about you being ready for what god already has ready for you he said i've gone and i prepared a place for you where i am you can be there also this is not a funeral scripture that we read it at funerals we're talking john 14 here this is about a confidence of knowing that god is never going to leave you that God is never going to forsake you, that he's got something prepared for you. Have have you ever went somewhere and and people said they they would have something prepared for you and you got there and you said, this is it? (laughs) How many of you ever saw something online, you know, maybe some of you that go, go, you book hotels or you book, uh, what what do you call it, Uh, bed and breakfast or whatever they call them now? Uh, Airbnb, yeah. That sounds like an air mattress to me. But (laughs) you get there and you're just sorely disappointed. How many of you know God will not disappoint you? This is why he shares with us. Your labor is not in vain. Serving God is not a bad thing. Living for God is not something to be laughed at or scoffed at. Though people may laugh at you and people may scoff. Do you know what a scoffer is? You ever heard that term, scoffer? Scoffer is a person who makes fun of you. There's a man by the name of Bill Mayer. He's a comedian, talks person, a spokesperson, and he comes on. I think HBO carries him quite frequently. Bill Mayer is one of the leading scoffers of people who serve God. He calls you stupid because you're ignorant. And there are people who think that it's stupidity to go to church. They think that they control their own life. These are people who say, I pull myself up by my own bootstrap. Nobody is made by themselves. God made you. God has put people in your life to help you. You didn't get here on your own recognizance, on your own strength, in your own ability. God surrounded you with favor like a shield. And He's still doing it every day of your life. It's just that everybody don't acknowledge it. Everybody doesn't give thanks. And some have flat out just said, "I'm not ready." I'm telling you, you need to get ready. Because God has already prepared a place for you. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. Eternal life is what he gives. If I were to ask you, rhetorically speaking, what's the opposite of eternal life? I hope you can come to the conclusion. If you didn't come to the right conclusion on your way out, just ask anybody. What was pastor trying to say to me when he said the opposite of eternal life? What will I get if I don't get eternal life? I'm pretty sure you know. Matter of fact, I, I sense it in the spirit of God that you know. And the Bible says once you know this, It's foolish for you to keep going that direction. Repentance is about not coming to the same. See, if I spun around and came back here, I'm going in the same direction, aren't I? But repentance is about making not a 360, a 180. That's going to put you in a different direction. That's going to put you in a different walk. That's going to put you in a different talk. That probably is going to put you among different people. People that are going that direction with you. And the Bible says, don't be stressed out about it. Don't get it all twisted because it looks like there's fewer people going that way. That's the way it is. Many are called. But few are chosen. Few choose to follow God. Will you be among those who choose to follow God? If you're going to follow God, I'd like for you to just lift your hand. We're going to pray. I pray a prayer of salvation every morning. I just realized that I just need to declare Jesus as my Lord. I need to declare him as my Savior. I need to declare him to be who he says he would be, and he is so much more. Mrs. Harrison, you to say, the Holy Ghost is so much more. God is so much more. He's so much more, and so this morning, in your own words, we're all just going to pray. I'm just I, I, for me. I, I, Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. Jesus, you are my very present help in my times of need. Jesus, I want you. I need you. I desire for you to be in my life. I don't want to make a step without you. I don't want to go a day without you. I don't want my thoughts to be void of you. I don't want my life to be empty. Lord, you are my everything. You are my alpha and my omega. You are my beginning and my end. Lord, you are everything to me. I choose you over all other. You are my first love. You are my first love. You are my first love. God, you love me and I know it. You love me and I want to show it to the world that I am loved, that I am cared for, that I am blessed, that I am protected that I am the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath I'm more than a conqueror I can do all things through you now God, without you I know I can't do anything apart from you Lord God, it's, it's worthless to live so I choose you you already chose me Lord I'm reciprocating I choose you thank you for choosing me thank you for blessing me thank you for saving me thank you for redeeming me and the Bible says and the redeemed of the Lord keep saying it keep saying every day just acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior start that as a and make it a habit in your life of acknowledging Jesus Christ And the way you acknowledge him is you you declare, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. My steps, my footsteps are ordered by you. My conversation is set aright by you. I no longer lean to my own understanding on matters. I have the mind of Christ. I am mindful of the thing that he wants me to remember. I'm mindful of the things that he wants me to do. Not my will but your will be done. See, folks, when you get to a point in your life where your will, when it cannot be interrupted by what God wants, you are out of the will of God. Let him order your steps. Even when you say, well, this was my plan. Remember that. It was your plan. You want to be operating always in the plan of God. Amen? Amen. So, Father, seal this message in the hearts of your people today. Seal this message, Father, in the days to come as we go into Mark 13, as we go into the book of Revelation, picking back up again in chapters 1. And this day, Father, bless your people. Do exceeding abundantly above all they could ask or think of. In Jesus precious name. We want to do one final thing before we give the benediction, and that is that we want to go ahead and receive the tithes and the offering. Um, hallelujah, glory to God. And you, you give not to me. This is why I, I generally like to just move out of the way of the, the podium, because I don't ever want you to think you're giving the pastor. you're not. You're giving to God. If I'm a stupid pastor and would ever mess up what God has given, then woe to me. But you give unto God. And the Bible says God's given to you, and he's given you the power to get wealth. That's what Deuteronomy tells us. God has given us the power to get wealth, but that power and that wealth that we receive was so that we could establish his covenant in the earth. Most people think it's to buy stuff. We even attach prosperity to buying stuff. But God wants you to prosper so that you can take the gospel of Jesus Christ as far and as fast as possible into the othermost part of the earth. This is why he says, in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famine. And so, you could do this. I, I did it just Googling. I said, look, 2022 famine. Afghanistan. Famine, Somalia, famine, Eritrea, famine, South Sudan, famine. There will be. See, a lot of times we don't, we don't, we don't want to think about it. That people are going through famine, and I great. I believe the greatest famine for the entire world is a famine of the word. People don't want the Word of God anymore. They don't want to be in church anymore. They don't want to sit any longer. They don't understand the need for fellowship. It's one thing to be in a virtual environment, but it's an even greater thing to be in a fellowship. The Bible calls it kanonia. It's it's where you can touch and agree. But they told me to stay six feet. Folks, this is why I said Wednesday night, I said in the book of Revelation, we go through it, there's going to be some nights the Lord's going to tell me to stop after 10 minutes because he's going to want to do miracle working power in the midst of that time. And this is why I'm just trying to say, I'm not trying to market anything. It it would be easy for me to just say, you know what, I can go home on Wednesday too and sleep. But see, after a full day, God said, I'm, I'm going to give you and make your joy get full because you want me more than you want other stuff. I want Jesus. How many of you want Jesus? Hallelujah. Look, when you want the agenda of the kingdom, you want to see the gospel go. I said war. All of us know Ukraine, don't we? War in Ukraine. But you know there's still war in Syria. Do you know that there's war in Sri Lanka? Do you know that there's war still in Ethiopia? Folks, I went down and found 12 countries where war is going on right now. When I look back at 2021, there was even more. And the book of Revelation is telling us these are signs of the times, the end times. So Father, we have a mandate to take your gospel as far and as fast as possible into the other parts of the earth. That's why we bring our tithes. That's why we bring our offerings. That's why we give. We don't give to get. We get to give. And when we give, we realize that other people can live when this, these resources are used to take this gospel to the uttermost part of the earth. It's coming in the end, I think, to the time of where you're just going to be preaching, preaching, preaching to the so-called saved. God's saying, look, I prepared so many tables for the saved, and they've not come. They've not changed. Go to the highways now so I knew that the Lord was speaking specifically to me and saying, you know, for a period of time, I, 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 I held you here to just pastor. It's time for you now to go back to the nations. And so I'm saying to you, quite honestly, I know God is telling me, and in, in the first nation that he told me to go and start preaching in is Israel. But there are many nations coming that I'll have to go. That Miss Pat may have to go with me to nations to preach the gospel. because sometimes you have preached to people here and you preach enough for them, the whole city to be saved and like the prophets of old who's believed our report who's has believed our report I want to go to people who want to live for Jesus Amen. who really want to live for Jesus I believe most of your hearts are there May his kingdom come, may his will be done in all of our lives. When you're ready, I want you to come, knowing that when you give, it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. So bring your tithes, bring your offerings, place them at the altar, see yourself handing them to Jesus. And let God arise, he says, and your enemies will be scattered. Let God bless you and do exceedingly abundantly, above all you could ask or even think. Give, and the Bible says, "Don't give out of compulsion, but give with the cheerfulness of your heart. He loves cheerful givers. Hallelujah. benediction this song you
1: have led me the fire.
0: hallelujah it up church life, you, you have been, been faithful all my life all my life you have been so so, so good. good every breath
1: that I am
0: oh, I, I will, will sing, sing of the goodness. goodness
1: of God
0: say it one more time church You know that the goodness of God will chase you. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. It'll overtake you. With goodness and mercy following you. Lift your hands toward God heaven now. Father, we thank you. We go out of this place knowing that the goodness of the Lord will come upon us and overtake us. And goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we are knowing this, God, confident of this, that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We are thankful that you brought us here this morning. We are mindful that it is you who will order our steps and set our conversations aright. God, you have blessed us, and we thank you. And you have now charged us, and are charging us, to be a blessing. May we all be a blessing. May anyone who comes into our presence this day, receive the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ, that comes flowing out of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you, those you who are viewing. God bless you. See you the next time. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.